Hey everybody! On Wednesday we released our most recent episode of Butcher Town Rundown where we talked about Ebony Salmon's trade, different things about what's going on with racing, and also NWSL fan culture. That episode ran so long that we had to cut it in half, and so now here is part two where we answer some of your lovely fan questions. Thanks for listening. This is Butcher Town Rundown a Racing Louisville podcast brought to you by the Beautiful Game Network. Well, you, uh, you know, you had talked about the club's call for strict adherence and the, the club's not the only one making calls, Becky, because on our last <laughs> show, that's why she keeps me around, ladies and gentlemen, for the segues. Um, on our last show, we made a call to our listeners to send us questions that they wanted to us to discuss on the show. And first of all, thank you to everyone that sent us a, sent us a tweet, sent us a DM. Um, you all are good people. It was a lot of fun to get them. We always get really good questions. Um, <clears throat> now, we're going to go through them. Um, a couple of things. Number one, I will uh, paraphrase on some of them because uh, I'll do my best because I know some folks sent a, like a, a few different tweets or a, a string of tweets, and I'll do my best to paraphrase those. Also, there were a few questions that were answered more or less by James O'Connor today. So also, great job asking a question that someone was also thinking to ask uh, the, the club president. So fantastic job. And we will do our best to answer all of these. What do you think? Oh, let's go. Let's go. All right. First one, um, since we're talking about her, it is from uh, Amanda Vest. Uh, what are your thoughts on having one of the league's assist leaders and not giving her someone up top to assist to? In parentheses, sorry, I'm cranky about the Ebony News. I mean, yeah, we talked about this in the last episode, and clearly Jess is awesome at assisting. Mm -hmm. I mean, that sounds so dumb, but like, you know, you put Nadia up there, and then suddenly the, they connect for two goals almost immediately without mm -hmm. question, you know, the, one of the first times on the field together. And so, you know, yeah, that's the other reason that, you know, I, yes, I know Ebony doesn't press, and I know she doesn't fit into a high pressing system and that's fine. And she wants to play traditional nine role, but you know, we need another, we don't need another striker up there with Jess. She's you know, produced well on her own, but why not give her even more weapons, you know? And then we take away our next most experienced striker. We see at sides Nadim and, and trade her away. Yes, I definitely think that it would benefit Jess to have someone up there at top, to have someone other than Nadia to rely on, and that, you know, that only gives Jess more tools in her arsenal to use. You know, that only gives her more chances. So that's my thoughts on that. What are your thoughts, Tom? I agree 100%. I mean, I think that if I wanted to drink the soccer holdings kool-aid and i'm not going to drink the soccer holdings cooling instead i'm going to uh, have a sip of bourbon because listener taylor vinson told me that i should drink a bourbon tonight and uh rule one of this podcast is to do whatever taylor says um but i would say this about the um <clears throat> about the about this is that if you have no system you need to start somewhere and that if we i do not think we will end up being a high press forever club 
but I think we need to show a mastery of the high press, a level of mastery of the high press before Kim is going to feel comfortable moving off of it, adjusting tactics. I don't think we're there yet. <clears throat> Pardon me. Um, so that's that would be my comment that that I would if I would guess that he would say that we did not develop sufficient mastery of that tactic such that you could back off of it and give Ebony some minutes, even though sitting on nine points, I'm a fan of putting people that can score goals in the games. But you know what? When she, I, and I hate to say this, and this is Tom not drinking uh, the bourbon Kool-Aid, is that I am also a believer in results. And Ebony had some chances when she was in there. She went wide on a few shots, um, missed a few balls. She puts those in the back of the net. I, I don't know if the conversation is different today, but I think that, and we'll talk about this in a little bit, a little bit more, that when you are on the bench and you get minutes, I mean, you got to produce. Like, uh, and I don't know how much I'll get into it later. Like, I am a huge fan of Kirsten Davis. I have made no, no secret of it. She's probably going to get some minutes in the next few games. She's going to need to score goals. I mean, she can, she needs to put herself in a position that Kim who wants to win games to keep his job, cannot take her off the field. And I, so, so that's where, so that's where I, I come down that I'm sorry to lose. I wish there would have been some more creativity to get her on the field, but I also think that, I also think that when you're on the field, you do need to maximize your chances. I, I agree with that. And the very last thing I'll say about this, though, is that, you know, there were a lot of times when she was only given a few minutes, though. I mean, you can't expect someone to come in and just automatically find their form without being given consistent chances. And I would argue that I don't think Ebony was given that many consistent chances because they just weren't willing to work into a system that she fit into. And so, again, you know, the high press only works if everybody's pressing, yeah. but I still just can't see not using or even giving that many significant chances and adjusting tactics to fit this excellent player with so much potential that we have. And then just because she doesn't perform well in the few times she's like shoved in to a, a match. I mean, she only had you know a couple starts that I can think of one. She did very well in Chicago and then one with Houston that she did not do very well in. But I mean, I, I don't know. I wouldn't. I would not fully buy that she had that many looks to truly wake Maybe up, so. warm up, and, and show herself. So Maybe so. Leave it that. Maybe so. So here is a question. Oh, let's see. There was a reply to Amanda's question, but we will get to that in a second because it kind of talks about something else. Next question from Trust in the Brian. He had a few different questions that uh, they were all excellent. One of them was talking about um, getting rid of so many players, uh, which I think we've talked about, um, you know, Ebony and, and some of those and, and how um, we don't seem to have a lot of replacements at this time for him. But one thing that, that he mentioned that I think is very interesting that I'm going to, I'm going to just read uh, word for word here. Not to mention, I do have to wonder how future incoming players will think about the team, wondering if they will get any minutes at all if they don't mesh perfectly with Kim's favorites. And I'll, I'll start off on this one, Becky, in that on the one hand, I think that 
if you are coming into this team and Kim is the coach, um, you should have a pretty good idea what you're getting yourself into. It seems that it's a little bit different. Somebody coming in under a previous coach and being told that, you know, you're Addie Merrick and you're going to be a starter. You're going to be uh, the anchor of the defense and then you get a new coach and that's not going to be the case. But I think that players that come in now with Kim would have a pretty good expectation with the minutes and the position that they would get. Um, or do you think I'm off base? No, I mean, I think that's mostly true. I think that if this coach is recruiting these players, then he has a vision for them specifically and something about how they play aligns with what he wants to have done. But I mean, yeah, when you are so rigid, you do, I mean, that does kind of say to the players that there are strict boundary lines and you have to fit in the boundary lines and there's not going to be much wiggle room. And so if you do come and you don't match up with what they expect, then yeah, I mean, you could just not play. So that's another reason that I worry a little bit about the the rigidity of the system. You know, it's like there, there just is not much space for adjustment or compromise or you know kind of working together to explore different avenues but on a whole i feel like incoming players probably would not worry about that for the exact reasons that that you state excellent excellent all right now we'll we'll kind of get to a few more questions that are i think uh in a similar vein uh don't mess with massey asked how can teams use cash from the recent deals? We'll move past what's happened and now look at the forward with our current um, situation with having a few more bucks in our pocket. So asking what we can do with all this money we've gotten is the gist of the question. So Mm -hmm. allocation money confuses the hell out of me, but traditionally (laughs) the point of it is that you can exceed the salary cap and give extra money to players so that it can be more enticing for them. So, you know, I'm sure Emily Fox is being paid in allocation money beyond the, what is it, like $56,000, $57,000 maximum salary for, uh, for players. And so another thing to notice is that with draftees, I believe, I mean, maybe this is an old rule and God knows that they change their roster rules and their, their rules all the time with the NWSL, but it at least used to be the, when you're signing contracts with draftees, only the number one draft pick could be paid in extra allocation money. And that rule was actually created um, before racing drafted, because I think they were trying to entice Katarina Macario to stay here. Yeah, I remember that. So if that rule still stands, then that means Savannah DeMello and Jalen Howell are only being paid wherever they fall on the salary cap, they can't get paid with allocation money. So one thing that they could theoretically do is redo some of these contracts or sign extensions or create new contracts that void the old ones that give them immediately large raises. So let me let me stop you right there because that lends us to, a, or that takes us to a question from Tracy Adams. Tracy asks, Will racing use some of the allocation money for a new contract, higher salary for Emily Fox? Tracy Adams, I mean, you might be uh, the smartest uh, podcast listener we have because you know that if there is extra money to be had, we're not talking about just giving it to anybody. We are talking about giving it to the franchise, Emily Fox. Glad that you listed her specifically. What do you think, Becky? 
Yeah, I mean, I do think that it's probably going to be a mix of both. I mean, James mm-hmm. has said that he wants to sign players and that he's looking at a you know fairly decent player from Europe. At least I believe that's what he said. Mm-hmm. Um, and I do believe one signing is coming relatively soon that would have used allocation money. So, I mean, yeah, to try and lure bigger players over, we're definitely going to use some of that allocation money. But I also wouldn't be surprised if some of that does go to you know re-signing players like emily fox who still has another year in her contract she signed through 2023 but if racing wants to offer her an expansion or you know give her a whole lump of money then i mean we certainly have it now to give it to her and Mm -hmm. i think personally that would be a really smart idea i mean we need to try and lock down these core players i mean i would have thought that ebony salmon would have been a core player this time last year She's not. So I'm a little worried about, you know, Mm -hmm. what's going to happen with our current core players, Emily Fox, Savannah DeMello, Jalen Howell, Lauren Millay. Um, You know, we need to really invest in in keeping them in the future so we can have some roster consistency. I don't know if that's something that needs to be done yet, at least for, you know, all players, but I'm sure some of the money is going to go towards making happy players that are that are currently here. I think one thing that I'll be looking for is that my understanding of allocation money, which I believe is uh, less uh, thorough than yours, is that allocation money can be used for anything. Yeah, you can use allocation money to pay for the Christmas party if you want to. If this club uses allocation money for uh, to extend contracts, bring in new players, extend our current core. I am on board. That is, those are transactions that even if I get angry to lose some of these players that we've lost, I can be on board with reinvesting those, those funds in the players. If we find that those allocation funds uh, find their way into other things, uh, that makes me feel a little bit uneasy. And because, because, and I'll tell you why, because in the past, Clubs using allocation fund for non-players has always seemed to be a symptom of a club that that wasn't as financially strong as as you'd like it to be. Be it, you know, and I'm not going to call anybody out, but I, I think that there are there are different clubs that it's like, uh, you're paying your ticket t- staff, which God bless the ticket staff, but. You should be able to pay for them with your operating funds. You shouldn't be using your allocation funds for those. I, I don't know exactly what limits are on allocation money, but yes, in the past, and I mean, maybe this has changed. Maybe the league doesn't allow it anymore. Like I said, I have no idea what the rules are for allocation money are anymore. But yes, teams have used them for various operating costs for, I think, like purchasing jerseys and equipment and stuff like that. So there might be specific lines that you can only use it for. But yes, some of it can go for operating costs. I have absolutely no reason to believe racing needs to do that. Racing is a well-funded club. Mm-hmm. They are financially doing just fine. There's absolutely no reason for that. So I think the money would be used for things like transfer fees, for bonuses and contract mm-hmm. renegotiations, and then also for negotiating contracts with new players. I mean, the, the thing, again, just kind of touching on old points again, is that, you know, with all this turnover, I think fans are just really desperate. I mean, I know I am, are just desperately eager to see some of these contracts and these current players get extensions. You know, Lauren Millay, whose contract is going to be expiring soon. Emily Fox, I know everybody keeps mentioning Emily Fox over and over and over again. I think it's going to be- I mean, mean, Becky, in fairness, in fairness, 
it's mostly like when you hear everybody talking about Emily Fox over and over again, like, I mean, I've got self-awareness 90% of the time. It's, it's, it's me. Just, so it's, it's, you it's just me. It's, it's me for the rest of it. But yeah, still, so. I mean, but the, but the bottom line is, you know, I, racing is going to need to resign some of mm-hmm. these players and truly, you know, hammer down this core if fans are going to believe that we are going to be a stable team and have a stable roster because all signs have previously been pointing towards just, you know, turnover of players we wouldn't really need to or, or wouldn't have assumed would be turning over. And so, yeah, I mean, I certainly hope a, a portion of this money is put towards stabilizing the roster and keeping some people here. Oh, for sure. And when you talk about, um, you know, stabilized roster and being able to invest in players, I mean, shoot, Becky, like I had, how many words and emails did I write you about what Jersey to buy my kid? I think it was around 15,000. Yeah, I like said, yeah, I settled on CC Kaiser. I'm like, there's no way they're getting rid of CC Kaiser. Yeah. And like four months later, um, she's gone, but, um, Which worries me. yeah, I mean, that's not, whatever. but it, it. Hey, uh, although I look at it and I can head versus heart, I can make sense of, of moving CC Kaiser over. I can. Um, but I also can be upset that I'm like trying to break oh, brain. <laughs> that's such a funny word. I'm trying to get, you know, my kid to be a, a racing fan. I'm like, all right, this is us for the next 50 years. And the first player that uh, we make a big investment in, you know, she puts her on her back, you know, now she's gone. And I mean, I mean, those things matter. And I'm not yeah. saying that you can't overcome it as a club. I'm not saying you can't overcome it. I'm just saying that like, don't, don't keep making withdrawals. Just, just give us some deposits, just give us some deposits. But um, moving on to something uh, more positive, uh, which I don't know that I will do this justice, but a big shout out to Calvin McPherson, who did the Anakin Skywalker and Padme meme where he's like, hey, we are trading all our players for allocation. And Padme says, we're going to go and get a bunch of players right and then the next frame is nothing and then it's like we're getting new players right and then nothing so that's a horrible explanation but i'll gotta tell you over the last few days i keep going back to that mean it was very funny thanks for calvin and we've kind of talked about it but uh um i am all for a star wars racing meme crossover did you see that one becky no i i i did and i am also all for it that was very funny and that was a bigger worry for me it's, I'll be honest, it's still a worry for me because I don't know who we're getting. But, you know, James made it very clear in the press conference today that he said in the next seven to ten days, there's going to be news about new signings. So, yeah, they've been working on stuff. You know, players will come in. It's just that, you know, we lost some very good NWSL caliber players who have proven themselves to be good in this league are we going to keep bringing in European players that are unproven in this league? And, you know, that is a cause of concern for me. Are, are, maybe they'll shock me and we'll bring in some, like, I mean, I'm not talking about like a huge name player, but like a Ebony Salmon equivalent. And we'll be like, Oh, okay. That was really good. This player will work. That's what I'm hoping for. And that's possible. And so, yes, players are going to be coming in. It's just the, yeah. I mean, who knows? We're waiting to see exactly who it's going to be, how many people it's going to be, and, and you know, like, what level of player. All that's kind of a question mark right now. We're, we're, we're waiting for Hannikin to answer still. <laughs> I feel as though, like, at this point, Becky, um, 
that like we're in a little bit of like a telephone situation where I keep like asking you to talk and asking you to talk and you're like continuing to to talk and do a great job and answer these questions. But I got to tell you, Becky, whether you are John Blem for the WHAS Crusade for Kids, whether you're uh, Jerry Lewis with his telethon, if we're going 24 hours, you don't get to go off the stage just because you've been talking for 20. We are going to continue on. You're going to keep powering through. You're doing great. We got a few more. We That's right. Um, I'm glad to not see a tear in your eye right now. Oh, wait, there it was. That's all right. You're going to keep pressing through. We got a few more uh, of these uh, listener questions to get to. And one of them that uh, actually I can jump in from Spade in the USA, potential signings during the window with two new international slots. Uh, I think that it would be shocking if we don't fill those slots and I'll go a little bit further because from everything that JOC said um, and, and, and implied, he said that they had one that went through or they thought they had gotten, but of a, you know, quote unquote, big name and it didn't go through, which, you know, by the way, if you're oh, teasing a signing, you didn't get like also say it's a big name, you know, like uh, swing for the fences, even if pretend you're swinging for the fences, even if you're not, uh, even though it's, it, you know, like you said, it happens, but I will say this <clears throat> for spade in the USA, if um, by, and I don't know when the window, I'll say, yeah, if when the window closes, the club has not filled those two spots, the club has failed. We have made roster moves to, you know, the club is thin at defender. They've talked about wanting speed on the wings, which, I mean, Kirsten Davis is right there. I don't know how much more speed you need. Shania Gordon's there. I don't know how much speed you need, but, you know, that's what they've said. So they have cleared space. They've cleared allocation money. They've cleared spots. There is a need if we get to the end of the window and we have not been able to get the ball into the goal. That's a failure on the club side because the the roster is currently consisted, you know, they need a little help. And if you have made moves to fill those spots and you can't either because things fall through or you think you're going to get something and then nothing, that's poor planning. Uh, that's my, that's a hot yeah. take from me. No, I, I agree entirely. I mean, you would be, have to believe they got this allocation money and these international spots specifically to use them. So if they fail to fill them because they're going after the recruiting the wrong players who don't want to be here or they can't get the deals past the finish line, then yeah, I mean, that's that's a club failure. I mean, they could always trade if they get you know a player that doesn't need an international spot. You know, they are valuable. They could always trade one to another team that does need them. So, I mean, they're not completely without usage, but I mean... I agree that if by the end of the transfer period, those international spots aren't being used, then I would also see that as a, as a failure and, you know, something didn't go through that the club was planning on going through. And that's a problem. Mm -hmm. One thing that we have talked about and um, I, one thing, you know, Hey, uh, Danny Grace, great minds think alike. Uh, you t uh, tweeted to us, um, wondering about roster adjustments and want to see money spent on one or more current players as it's a good sign to reward current players like Fox or DeMello. I mean, amen to that. You know, if I think that that is something that, you know, we are as fans, if we're looking for deposits in the emotional bank account, if we are feeling rough having 
lost, uh, you know, ebony salmon lost, uh, you know, uh, feeling bad about the Kansas city players that have departed, but we got allocation money. And then in the next couple of weeks, we see John Neese and James O'Connor and Savannah DeMello or Jay Howell or Low Malay or, you know, obviously Emily Fox or one of these players that all of us see as one of the cores in the future, not just a core player, but the kind of player that you can see lifting a trophy. And we say, look, this is where that money went. We had six months left of Ebony Salmon. We may turned that into extra money. And now you get to watch Jay Howell or Savannah DeMello on your team inland family stadium for another two years. I think from a fan standpoint, I don't want to say all is forgiven, but a lot, uh, a lot is forgiven. We would feel much better. Then, I mean, that would be an investment in a core and it would show that there was going to be some stability there. I don't think anything can happen with Howell or DeMello until the end of their first year. I don't think any money can be added or given to them. So that would be a wait. Um, there's no reason they couldn't renegotiate a contract with Fox. But again, because she does have a, another whole year, I don't know how quickly they're going to rush and do that. Lauren Malay's contract expires at the end of the season. I think Gemma's does too. Um, Nadia has one year left. Uh, you know, they might renegotiate with with some of these players that are are much more of an immediate issue. But I agree that would go a long way and and making me feel like there was in fact a, a plan in place. So yeah, I agreed. Excellent. Um, a question that uh, from another one from uh, Don't Mess with Massey. What's the latest on a practice field gate? Do we know anything new on that, Becky? No, I haven't heard anything about that, but it's in the hands of the league, and I believe the Players Association are doing an investigation. And unfortunately, there's no transparency in this league, so I have no idea if we're ever going to hear a response from that. I mean, I don't even know how much of a response the team itself will get. I mean, ultimately... um there are other really big things happening in the league right now. There's the Orlando investigations. There's the Houston yeah. investigation. The players association has only two people on staff and the NWSL oh, really? is also very deeply wow. understaffed. And so, you know, practice field gate is horrible. I'm upset. Jordan Bloomer got injured, but I just don't think it's the biggest priority at, at this moment, but that's it. <laughs> that's one of those things where you, you, you understand the reality, you accept it, even though you hate it, you know, you wish that there were more resources because that's a, that is a ridiculous, you know, it was a ridiculous thing that happened, but also I'm glad that uh, don't mess with Massey brought it up. Like we need to keep reminding it. Just don't, even if it's on the back burner, you know, the bottom line is that something that's on the back burner eventually, you know, gets finished and served. So we need to make sure that, that it, it doesn't get be- forgotten. It might never be public, though. I mean, just prepare yourself for that with the NWSL. Mm. There's plenty of things that are just never made public. Fines are given to teams that are never made public. Different resolutions of things are happening never made public. So, I mean, I, I wouldn't hold your breath about it. I mean, I don't want to be glib or ignore it, and hopefully something will come out of it. But, like, even if we keep reminding people, I still don't know if we'll ever get a straight answer. Sometimes the right answer is not, uh, is not the one that we want to hear, even though, if, even though it's right. So let's lighten it up. Are you are you ready for something just a, a touch lighter? Sure. We have some other heavier questions, but we will we'll, we'll lighten it up now. From 
Katie Sharp. Oh my gosh. If you're in the Lavender Legion, you love Katie Sharp. We all love Katie Sharp. A look ahead to the Women's Cup now that teams and brackets are finalized. Becky, any thoughts on the Women's Cup? Whew, so the Women's Cup, so much has been happening. I haven't been able to think about it that much. I'm really excited about the Women's Cup simply because I love the fact that there are teams from places that have never, you know, come to Louisville or even the United States before. Like, I don't know if any Japanese team, men's or women's, has has come and played in the United States before. So I'm really excited for that to happen. I'm excited for, you know, Club America, a, a, a team from Liga MX to come up here. And then an Italian team and, and you know, the Hotspurs from England. Along, yeah. That's really exciting. That's an exciting group. I do think it's interesting that the teams that are not in the NWSL, the non-NWSL teams, will play each other first to see who plays off against the rain or um, racing. So mm-hmm. yep. I, they, I believe they play a quarterfinal, and then the semifinal is against us, despite it, the fact that it's our first it's going to be each of the rain and racing's first matches. Mm-hmm. I'm also interested by the fact that, you know, it's not just going to be, there's not just going to be a final game. There's going to be a, isn't there going to be a, all the way to rank it down a one, two, three, four, five, and six. Uh, the, I know that there is the first place game and then the third place game. Okay. But I mean, you talk about, uh, you know, an event that is, you know, it, I don't know. Like, I don't want to seem, I'll say this. I feel very just like with racing, just like the NWSL, I feel very glass half full with this. I think that, that in a dozen years or so, I, uh, this is going to be even bigger. I think that the, the dream is that this tournament gets bigger you talk or you don't talk to i've never talked to him but i know that uh, benton and zach have talked to the head of the women's cup on soccer city radio and he's got dreams where this thing is going to be in multiple cities with a championship in louisville and i think that if you look at a city like nashville a city like indianapolis where there is a group of uh interested fans that say hey why can't we have an nwsl team i think that these uh, games are going to be well attended. Um, it's going to be interesting to see how our tournament, um, the Women's Cup, stacks up to the ICC, the one um, in Portland. Uh, but my my opinion, you know, it's specifically, I think the big question is: last time OL Rain came to town, Rose Lavelle did not acquit herself to the total level of her talent. Missed a couple of gimmies. I think that there was definitely a an aspect of um, playing in front of a lot of friends and families that maybe have, you know, it's affected great athletes in the past. I think she probably might have been a little nervy, which I was happy about because she's a dominant player. I look, So what do I think? I I uh, all, I, I never ch- uh, choose or predict a racing loss. I will say. I look for Rose Lavelle in the rain to be dominant. I think that if anybody that wants to win against them in that tournament, you got to show up with your A game and get a few breaks, but also have your A game because I think she's going to come out looking for blood. 
Yeah, I'm. Oh, I'm Jess Fishlock too. Oh and, God! You know, if Tobin Heath travels, she's definitely going to want to also. So I mean, yeah, I think that the Rain are going to be a, a hard team to beat. I mean, the only downside to the Women's Cup is that it does require all these teams to play extra games right in the middle of the season as it's starting to get towards the end and getting exhausting. I mean, they're played performance fees for it and everything, but you know, it's exhausting. It's asking a lot of our players and what would normally be a break, but I'm excited for it. I ultimately think that it's only good for women's soccer. And I, I just want to see all the teams perform well and on this big stage. And I do think it's, it's, possible the ol rain will be the team that is you know really the team to beat the team that's going to be hard to beat that'll be tough I, to I beat yeah it's, it's going to be a great showcase for everyone absolutely it's going to be a lot of fun it is going to be a thousand degrees because it'll be kentucky in august you know what that's why they sell water at the stadium morgan that's why they sell beer like show up anyway buy yourself a big uh wide-brimmed hat uh wear a shirt that breathes come on down get your tickets it's gonna be fun um question from Todd Taylor. I'm going to call this the Ella Sanchez question, which is, and I'm going to paraphrase here, how are a player's rights held from being at an academy through the club? So if a player comes through an NWSL academy, how are their playing rights transferred through to the club? There's currently no mechanism in place for that. But I'm sure that that is going to be an increasingly hot topic. I mean, look at Olivia Moultrie, who sued in order to play for the Thorns and is currently playing for them. Um, So, yeah, I mean, that is something that is going to need to be addressed and need to be addressed soon. And then the W League is slotted in there also as kind of an extension of the academy, but also, you know, a spot right below the first team for Racing Louisville. But unlike men's teams, there is no mechanism in place for academies mm-hmm. to move into the NWSL. That's the easiest answer. So there are no rights. There are no claims, you know, based on regional affiliation. Like we don't have a certain territory that we can pull rights in from. Mainly what the academy and the W League team are doing right now is just an excellent advertisement for how good the facilities are, how good the team can be, maybe giving you the chance to practice for the first with the first team if you're really good. And so right now, nothing, but I think in the future it will be something and we have yet to see how that's going to work. Excellent. I think that nails it. And I'm going to, we've got a, a few more questions. Actually, we're, we're right close to the end. I want to give a, a quick shout out to Aubrey Hayden, who asked players that are on international duty and predictions on who you think we'll see called up in the future. And Aubrey, I love that question so much. I'm going to table that because that's something that I want to talk about with Becky in a future episode where we kind of go deep into the racing uh, roster and say, who are possibilities for the national team um, and who has uh, international team uh, possibilities to move forward? So that's an excellent question. And we're not going to talk about it today, but we're going to talk about it in the future. So thank you very much for sending it over. Um, Lastly, Becky, uh, Trust in the Brian asks, uh, and I'll paraphrase here, could racing see an exodus of talent due to Roe versus Wade? Um, As as we speak today, um, my understanding is that abortion is illegal in Kentucky due to... um, uh, to, to, 
yeah, to to the trigger law. So um, that's a tough question. Um, I, I don't uh, think it is at all. I think, yes, that's going to be a big problem for the team because I don't see how we can draft young women into the team and not give them to the choice to play in a state where they will not have full access to reproductive rights. So that brings a really big moral issue up for the NWSL in general, and they are going to have to address it. And this is not a racing specific issue. This is an issue in um, what's going to be 22 states soon. And for racing or for the NWSL, I believe, you know, Kansas City and Missouri for, you know, the current, uh, the Houston Dash, Orlando Pride, you know, there's going to be a lot of teams that are going to be you know, asking some hard questions about stuff like this. I do think that it's going to give players a lot of pause. It might make it hard for certain players to be traded here. And, you know, it that's fully understandable. And so because we're dealing with, you know, women who their bodies and a pregnancy completely stops their career and it completely mm-hmm. halts their career and it could conceivably end their entire career. So, you know, in some cases, the stakes are almost even higher for female athletes with issues like this. So, yes, I, I do think this is going to be a problem. And I was very pleased with how the club responded to it immediately and addressed that this is going to be a problem and it's not something that they support. And I, there are no good answers for this. Racing and a number of teams are going to have to figure out and the league as a whole how they're going to address the situation. I don't necessarily think there's going to be an outpouring of an exodus, but I do think that there are a lot of moral questions about whether whether teams should be able to draft players without choice onto teams where they don't have equal rights to other states. I mean, I, I hate even looking at it as a political decision because it's it's a healthcare decision. I'm, I'm, I know that, yes, we're trying to be nice to everybody on both sides, But the bottom line in the heart of this question is, will different rights related to healthcare access for female players make them potentially not want to come to play here? And taking all the politics out of it, I think the answer is an unequivocal yes. Maybe not in massive numbers, but absolutely in some. And the, you know, no matter your your viewpoint of what the result of this is, I mean, yes, this is going to have an impact on the team, and there's there's no question about that whatsoever, and it's probably going to be a negative impact. I think it'll absolutely be a negative impact. I think it'll be a negative impact on a lot of people that we don't know about. Um, I, I don't want to be glib. I don't want to be dismissive about this question, but, you know, tensions are high in this country right now and i think some of that is bleeding into how we're responding to some of the things that are happening in the nwsl and the team too because there's just a lot of emotion happening right now no matter what your viewpoint is and what's happening in the world or with the league you know there's something that has agitated someone in some way and so all our emotions are high i hope that this episode has helped people kind of process through some of that i know it's helped me process through some of that what do you think tom wow it's i mean honestly i think it is a it is a mark of you know the breadth of of this podcast that we started with all of us like holy hell how could we trade ebony salmon and we end up at a point where i mean how did we even get here i mean that's like (laughs) it's, it's like it's like we live in louisville 
we're going to drive to Indiana and we end up in Canada and you just kind of show up at the border. They're asking for passports like what? This isn't New Albany. Like you just kind of go all over the place. Um, But I think that I think that one of the and this is something I don't know that that I've told you about before, Becky, um, is that one of the reasons that I developed a relationship with this team was because it was announced during the COVID quarantine and we were all at home and we couldn't go any better. We couldn't go anywhere. And man, I mean, I've got to look, I'm not complaining about team Benson, but it was like for like all of us, it was a low point. I mean, it was, it was low. My kids, um, you know, you don't know what's going on with your job. You don't know what's going on. I don't know what's going on with my wife's job, my kids distance learning. And I just, everything that came out about this team, it was my happy place. Every, every press release that came out, I just devoured it. Like it was a pie made of sunshine. It was just I don't want to say it was my salvation, but that'd probably be the closest word. It just kept my mental health right. It did. And everything that came out, I was just like, yes, yes, yes. And that's, that's the way I feel now that with things that are tough now, um, I'm not going to tell anyone to feel anyway. I'm going to say that when I feel low, I'm glad that I've got this team to escape to. And for me, it's just, for me, this team is just pure joy, even when it's bad. And this is not talking about that Holly bullshit or whatever, but like even this year when it's bad, God, it's, I'm just, I, I doubled down, you know, when, when things went bad this last week, I doubled down on, on just this team as an escape. And I mean, obviously I care about this team and enjoy it. or I wouldn't devote like practically another full-time job worth of time <laughs> towards covering it you know i do all my criticism all my criticism and everything comes from a place of love but i also think i mean we and the club need to give grace to fans who have had racing be their happy place and now feel very let down even if they're let down for reasonable reason like you know the the explanations are reasonable i mean people who loved ebony salmon who maybe came to the club because of ebony salmon are going to be devastated and they're going to be angry and everybody needs to give them them grace and understand that racing is not going to be everybody's happy place anymore and it might take a while for it to become people's happy place again and that everybody in this whole sphere of fandom just let's just kind of like respect each other and move forward the best we can or not i mean if if this is no longer something that brings you joy, then that, you know, makes me sad, but so is the way of life, you know, so is the way of our, our passions and the things that, that bring us joy. So. Tell you what though, Morgan, and I'm going to be serious as a heart attack. Cause I say this, I, sh- I would be totally fine if this team wins in Orlando next game, like they are totally welcome to win. Like, please feel free. I know you were running out of team, a second string. I don't care. Like, let's, let's get a win guy or let's get a win ladies. Let's just, let's, let's just get a win. Come on now. I I certainly hope so. I mean, that's going to be certainly an interesting event. I have an article coming out about it for equalizer in the, the next few days about the Daytona soccer fest where racing and Orlando are playing on July 3rd. It's our regular season game, but it's, it's being moved to the special event 
Um, I mean, Orlando's not doing so great. I definitely think we have a chance, even missing some of our key starters. But, you know, no game is easy in this league. I, I, I hope we're energized. I hope we come out. I think that, you know, we will at least have DeMello, Howell, McDonald. You know, I, I, I do think that we can do it. And I think we need it. I really think we need it. And like you said, you know, please help yourself, guys. Help yourself to the three. Come on. <laughs> help yourself to the Morgan, as bad as it was, it was still fun. Of course. Of you course. know what? The, the day it's not fun is the day I'll stop doing this. Pro you know what? The day it's not fun, we'll probably like have one where we don't do it, and then we'll go a little bit farther just to make sure. But you know what? I still think we should do it again. I agree. All right. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs>